Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League, and I'll tell you what, guys, we're excited because this is the first real, you know, big, regular, weekly season episode of Carpool Rugby League. I'll spit it out there. I probably went the long way about that, but it just shows my excitement, Griffo. From here on in, from this week onwards, we'll be with you every week, reviewing, previewing the footy and getting ready for season 2022. Yeah, it's starting at that... Uh... The sniff of rugby league is in the air now. It definitely um, is. We're into February. We've you know, got trial games coming up. Um, you know, we're only really a month away now from, from what, we, uh, what we've been waiting for for quite a few months. You know, uh, I, I mean, I, yeah, I watch a bit of BBL. I watch a bit of Ashes. Um, I watch a bit of uh, even I've started watching a bit of uh, the uh, NFL on the KO minis, but, you know, Nothing. It's just just spilling in time till the till the proper game comes around, and that's the NRL. Um, so about yeah, about a month away. Uh, I think tenth of Ma- March. Tenth of March is uh, is the night. Panthers v Sea Eagles at Blue Bet. So um, what's today? Is it the tenth or the ninth today? Graham? Ninth today is where we're ninth. recording. Okay. Probably well, it's a short tenth. month, February. It, short it month. is, which means we're a couple of days closer than what we would be if we were that's in for any sure. other month. It's but- not even a leap year. No, that's true. But it's really good to see that, um, look, we've got actual footy happening this week. We'll get to the footy that's happening. Uh, that That's the All-Stars. There's been a lot of talk about uh, the All-Stars in the lead-up with uh, player eligibility, who's in, who's out, a few players in and out, and um, we always love to see football happening. So we'll talk about the All-Stars uh, throughout the show. We're also going to, over the next uh, four weeks, preview uh, each of the teams. Now, what we're going to do is uh, start... Well, we're going to start at the bottom of the ladder. We're going to work our way through uh, to the top as we get closer to the season. Uh, we'll be doing four teams a week. So this week, uh, if you're a Bulldogs, Cowboys, Broncos or Tigers fan, uh, stay tuned because we're going to give in-depth previews of each of those teams. And um, as we go ahead, we're going to be each week following up with four more teams each week, as well as the uh, the previews for the trials, which... Um, We'll be starting the, the previews for that next week. Uh, and it's really good to see that if you're a subscriber of KO or Fox Sports, uh, most of the trials are going to be televised. So, um, yeah, rugby league's not too far away. But, um, you know, whilst we're, we're usually upbeat and positive, there's been some sad news breaking today, Griffo. Uh, we, we saw the passing of one of the absolute legends of the game. Um, some would actually call him the best to ever play the game. He's an immortal. Uh, John Raper passed away today. Yeah, very sad. Um, he played uh, a little before my time. Um, you know, when I started watching rugby league, he'd, his career would probably just ended, you know, a few years earlier. But he was one of the original four immortals chosen in 1981. So that was probably only maybe, uh, you know, just over a decade after he'd finished his career. 
um, highly decorated, played lots of games for Australia, um, played in eight, I believe, of the uh, 11 yeah. uh, in a row uh, premierships for the Dragons, captained his country, did it all, really. Um, started with the Newtown Jets um, and uh, made his way to the Dragons. I'm not sure exactly what happened there, but obviously it was a good move for him and a good move for the Dragons because he went on to become one of the great uh, legends of of the game of rugby league. Um, my memories of him as a kid were he used to appear in a lot of TV commercials. Mm. Uh, I remember Jack's tyres were were um, uh, he did a lot of ads for those guys in the seventies uh, and did so wearing a bowler hat. Um, an infamous story that he walked through the nineteen sixty seven Kangaroo Tour, walked up the main street to Leeds with just a bowler hat and nothing else, <laughs> which apparently he um, it wasn't him, uh, but he <laughs> okay. uh, got a lot of mileage out of it. You know, for for years, I guess as a yeah. uh, as a uh, speaker and whatnot, but um, but apparently it wasn't him. But uh, yeah, it was, it was you know great character of the game as well as being a great player and um, part of undoubtedly the greatest ever um, club side in the in the yeah. Dragons of the the late well, well he probably more so in the in the nineteen sixties for John Raper, but um, sad. Yeah, definitely sad. Um... Some people might remember that he was uh, affectionately known as Chook. Um, we know that he was battling dementia. Uh, we know that that's something that um, uh, we, we've seen a lot of ex-football players uh, struggle with over the years. And, you know, this is this is to add to the list recently, Griffo. It's not long since we've uh, we've also lost Norm Proven and, and Bob Fulton. So there are a lot of legends who have passed away recently. And I think you made a good point there when you reference that St. George team that won the 11 in a row. Uh, for those fans who are obviously of, you know, my age and even, you know, your age, it was, you know, slightly before your time, as you said, uh, that's that's just unfathomable now, isn't it, for, for a team? I mean, we went through a period there up until a couple of years ago where we almost thought that uh, going back-to-back was, was near impossible. It just showed the dominance of this uh, St. George team in the 1960s era. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it, it'll never be done again. No. Um, you know, it wasn't a salary cap era, obviously, but, um, uh, you know, I guess they had the best players and uh, they got, you know, they went through all those years. Uh, it was a lot of conjecture about uh, one of the years where um, they believed that uh, the referee in, in one of the games against the Western Suburbs Magpies was uh, the referee was on the take. Um you know, who knows? We weren't there. We don't know. You'll never know. Um, but the bottom line is uh, history shows, may I say, history shows that the Dragons won 11 years in a row. And that's just, it, it's hard to fathom. Yeah. Um, but complete dominance. Um, obviously, they, they didn't have the best players. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't think there's all that many guys left from from those teams now. No. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, like I, I didn't see those guys, but um, guys that I looked up to as a you know as a as a child and as a a teenager um, are leaving us. Like 
you know, we saw Tommy Radonikus recently, you know, yeah. mentioned Bobby Fulton. Yep. Um, you know, Tommy was, you know, as a, as a young guy, he was my hero. Um, and now Stevie Mortimer um, in a bad way, a very bad way. Yeah. Um, I remember watching Stevie Mortimer. I was quite a young guy. Um, you know, I followed the Magpies and I was at Belmore Sports Ground, a big game. It was a big crowd. Mm-hmm. And I remember Stevie Mortimer picking the ball up from the base of the scrum and just slicing through yeah. under the post. <laughs> um, an outstanding player, uh, just a, a great player. And from all accounts, an even better human. Yeah. Um, and he'll go down as, uh, as New South Wales' first ever uh, origin winning captain. Mm, very saw iconic, passion. isn't it? Oh, that, absolutely. That, yeah, that image absolutely. of him at the end, yeah. Yep, yeah, kissing the ground at the SCG. I mean, you know, these, like I said, these are guys that I grew up, um, you know, just watching rugby league and thinking, wow, you know, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, I mean, they're all human. Like, we're all human. Yep. Um, Royce Simmons. Yeah, he's another bloke you know, that we've heard of recently doing a video. Yeah, um, uh, you know, I, I shed a tear actually. I'm, I'm, I was driving home and I heard it, but it wasn't just, it wasn't the diagnosis that made me shed the tear. But when I heard an interview with him and he said, I'm going to I'm gonna walk from my hometown of Golgong to Penrith uh, and come in on, uh, on one of the games. Um, hundreds of kilometres. I get you know, tired like, driving that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, this a, is a guy a who's, fake, you know, who's just found out this absolutely just tragic news about him, his health. And what does he do? He gets right on the front foot. And he says, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to yep. raise money for research. That's what made me shed a tear. Um, just again, whenever you hear anyone talk about Roy Simmons, they just say, you know, amazing guy. Um, so, you know, uh, my thoughts are with, um, you know, those who are no longer with us, but also those who still are, but are doing it tough. Mm. And and I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head there too, Griffo, in a sense that, these players, these were always the names, even though they came before our time. As a rugby league fan, these are all household names. If you're a rugby league fan, you know who these players are. And it's not just their great feats on the field. I think you pointed out there that they have um, really extended their legend status by what they give back to the community. And it just shows that uh, rugby league is a community game. And these these players that we look up to, it's not just for what they did on the field, but it's what they went on to do off the field as well. And um, Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, their, their career, we look back on them and we, you know, we thank them for, for the great joy that they brought us yeah. on the field. But um, it's the things they do as a human off the field that, that make them true legends, really. Yeah, and, and that, that's service to the game, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not yeah, just so... the game, but to the wider community. Yeah, definitely. Like you, you mentioned there, Roy Simmons there. Um, it's, it's not just the rugby league community. I mean, you'd know being a part of uh, the community in the Penrith area for a long time, even outside of the football club, he's a uh, he's a big member of that community and, Absolutely. and back in a lot of positive ways. Um, and he did, he did it over in England as well, Graham, when he went over to coach. Um, I, I'm thinking it's whole, but it might not have been. Okay. But he, he was doing these sorts of walks, raising money for various charitable causes when he went over there to coach. So, um, I mean, he's just, a, he's just a legend of a, yeah. of a guy, let yeah. alone 
you know, what he did for the Panthers on the field. But, um, you know, just uh, I just wish him wish him good health as best can be, you know, Definitely. and um, yeah. yeah. I think he's still working his way around buying everyone those beers. And, Indeed. Uh, if I haven't Clyde's... had one yet, but we've got to get in there. <laughs> and if yeah, Bradley I'm Clyde's uh, listening, um, just I'll want to a... check if you've put his yeah. medal in the mail yet. <laughs> oh, that was, well, we can, you know. <laughs> oh, there's talk. another podcast, isn't it? The, the 91 Absolutely. Churchill medal. But anyway, we'll move on. Um, I think the best thing to do, Griffo, is get right into it and talk about some of the teams because we do have the 2022 season coming up. And for a lot of the teams we're going to talk about today, uh, we talked, how am I going to put this nicely? There were a lot of negatives last year, especially surrounding teams like the Bulldogs. Uh, finishing with this wooden spoon is never a positive thing. It's not something that any team wants. Unfortunately, one team every year is going to get it. Uh, but with the Bulldogs last year, uh, there's been a lot of talk too about how they're building, they're signing players, uh, that there's a bit of a change of the guard at the club, and uh, we'll talk in a moment about the players coming in and out, but just to give people a recap from last year, they finished um, in last position of their 24 games, Griffo, only three wins and uh, 21 losses, so not just coming last, but that's a really poor season by anyone's standards in any year of this competition. Yeah, they were they were dreadful. Um, they were dreadful, but uh, there's better times ahead, obviously, for those guys. Um, better times ahead. Um, their 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 roster is much superior to what it was last year. Um, in saying that, while they didn't have a great roster last year, the, the performance was even less than uh, than what really they should have come up with. But this year they got some they got some of the, the NRL's best players. Yeah. Um, it's a matter of how well they gel. Yeah, and I think that's and I think that's what's going to be the challenge for the dogs this year. Those players coming in to the side are they going to be the missing pieces of the puzzle they need? Because there are some big names coming over. Um, we've got the likes of Josh Adokar and Max King coming from Melbourne. Um, Matt Burton and uh, Brent Naden coming from the Panthers. Uh, from St. George, Matt Dufty and Paul Vaughan. Uh, we also have uh, Tavita Pengai Jr. who did sign with the club from Brisbane, but it's coming via Penrith. Um, young Josh Cook, who plays uh, was playing lower grades at South Sydney, as long, along with Braden Burns going over there from the Rabbitohs, and Reese Hoffman from the West Tigers. Uh, they're the main players on the list there. I think the key ones to pick out there, for me, Griffo, to, to start off with, are those additions to the back line. With uh, top-quality players, representative players like Addo Carr, uh, Matt Burton turned out to be one of the best for Penrith and instrumental in their um, premiership-winning side uh, last year. And even a, a player of the quality of Matt Dufty. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see where all the, the pieces fit in that back line. Yeah, you're quite right, Graham. They've got some, they've got some talent there now. Um, so coach uh, Trent Barrett, he's actually got some dilemmas as to uh, not who do I put in, where do I find a player, but now he's got actually um, some choices as to, gee, I've got a few good players here. Um, which way do I go? I um, I do think we will see uh, Dufty given the number one jersey. Yep. 
Um, I'd be really surprised if, if, if he doesn't start there, but I'm pretty sure he will. He's only on a one-year contract, so um, I guess, you know, performance will determine just uh, what happens to Matt Dufty. They have got also Corey Allen, um, who was bought the year before after a, a great year at the Rabbitohs, playing in the absence, I think, of Luttrell. Um, and uh, he went really well, but uh, got a better contract and, and off he went, but just didn't produce really anything last year. I don't know that he played fullback too often, but yeah, he had a poor year. Um, I'm looking at a, a, a possible round one lineup um, uh, of Dufty, Ockenbohr, Shoup, Brent Naden in the centres. Adokar, Matt Burton, Jake Avarillo, that's going to be the contentious number seven. Uh, you also got Carl Flanagan mm. on their books there. Um, Luke Thompson, Marshall King, uh, Vaughan, Pangai Jr., Fatala Mariner, and Josh Jackson with uh, guys like Beyond the Old or um, Yoko Ono, as we affectionately <laughs> uh, Big Avisui, Manu Fanai, the fun guy. Um, Jack Etherington, they list on the bench. I'd, I'd find a spot for him in the starting lineup. Corey yeah. Waddell. Yeah. Um, so they got some, some got some good players yeah. to choose from. Um, it's interesting there. Just, just, just before we get too far into it, Griffo, while we're still talking about that back line, um, I, I've seen that predicted lineup as well, and um, I think most people would have Burton in at number six. And as you said, it's just that talk about number seven. But would you be pretty confident? And I'd imagine he'd be the, the first player picked in that back line. He'd be number six. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, they, 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 they were very keen to get him there last year. Yeah. Um, I think Penrith did him a massive favour, actually, keeping Matt Burton. And he became, he became a premiership winner. Not just part of the team. He was crucial. Um, he was one of the best players on ground in the grand final. Um, and he was he was one of the centres of the year, along with um, Olam from Melbourne. Yeah. For mine, I, I see Matt Burton as, as number 14 for New South Wales. Um, yeah, I think that'd be a great, yeah. Yeah. Great spot for him. Uh, it, it, you know, he played a completely different role, obviously, at Penrith out in the centres. But we saw that he's got one of the best running games of any back yeah. What we didn't see and what we have seen glimpses of, he's got the big, I think he's got the biggest kicking game in the NRL. He's a magnificent kicker of the football. Um, he's a very good defender. He's a big lad. Um, but he's going to be running the show. He didn't have to do that at Penrith, apart from a couple of games when uh, like State of Origin was on. Um, so that's the test for Matt Burton. There's no, no question of his quality. Yeah. He's premium quality rugby league, Matt Burton. Um, you've got the best winger in the game now in blue and white and Josh Adokar. Best finisher. Best yeah. finisher, isn't he? Isn't he great? Yeah, good leader. Um, he's, he's won a couple of premierships with the Storm. So, you know, they're bringing in guys who have premiership winning credentials, um, which, you know, to a team that basically was you know, didn't know how to win a game, let alone a premiership. Um, 
Naden in the centers. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I, I don't like it. Uh, I think he's a better winger. I just think his defense is very hit and miss. Um, he's got a lot of attacking ability, very good attacking player, but I just think he don't read the defense too well. So if I'm playing, uh, lining up with the Bulldogs, I'm directing a lot of attack at him. Um, Do they shoot. then? I was just going to say quickly then, just looking at, at that back line there. Sorry, Griffo. You're right. Because I know you're probably going to talk about the other centre in, in Shoop as a moment, in, in a moment. And you talked about Naden going to the wing. Um, the, the two players that uh, you didn't mention there and isn't on that list that we're looking at that may push for a spot. And I'd be interested to see your thoughts where a player like a Corey Allen might fit in. Is he an option in, you know, on the wing? Can a Braden Burns, you know, push his way into one of these spots, you know, keeping that in mind when you give your analysis of uh, no, Aaron Shoup in the centres? Yeah, no, I, I'd go with, uh, personally, I'd go with Shoup and uh, Braden Burns in the centres. Mm. Um, would you push Nate into the wing or would he... Yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd start him as a winger. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I'm, I'm not convinced by Ockenbohr. Um, you know, he might he might become a good player. Uh, obviously, I'd all car nails down one wing spot. I think for Corey Allen, um, he might be one of the guys they're trying to, I guess, move on to try and clear some salary cap space. Unless he, unless something happens with Dufty and Corey Allen, I think Corey Allen's an out-and-out fullback, to be honest. He can do a job on the wing, but he's a better fullback. We saw that at the Rabbitohs. High quality. Played for uh, played for Queensland. Um, so I'd... Uh, I think if Corey Allen's not in number one, he's probably not in the team. Um, I'd give Nade in the starting winging spot. He's, he, he does does go well on the wing, um, and I think he just yeah just in the centres a worrying defence. Yeah. So the real question mark if you're a Bulldogs fan and where the spots are up for grabs, in our opinion, really are there's there's probably a centre and a wing spot there that these players really need to be playing you know week in week out and. Um, you know, if Canterbury aren't winning games, that might be the, 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 the changes we see in the first few rounds for them to try and find that right balance. We also mentioned that Jake Avarillo probably will get that first uh, shot at halfback from what we're hearing, but we'll see how that plays out. You went through the forward pack there, Griffo. Um, yet again, we're seeing some new players come in. Those players are high quality. And um, if you're a rugby league fan... You, it's you know these players you you know that they've got some um some players there there's some talented players there uh some more in their prime than others but um there's definitely some talent i think it's fair to say that in this forward pack oh there's plenty of talent there plenty of grunt they got a tough forward pack a lot of power tavita panga jr like this guy capable of anything really we saw when he came to play with the Panthers, he only played a cameo appearance, really. He played five or six games at most, but he did damage. And, um, you know, unfortunately for him, he missed out on the grand final due to injury. But he played a big role in getting Penrith to the grand final. Um, you know, in the right system, that guy is, you know, he could be anything. Mm. And um, I think, Again, he, he pushed himself forward in the eyes of someone like Brad Fittler. He is from New South Wales, Pangar Jr. 
if he can get consistency into his game, he's a powerhouse. Um, imagine him coming on off the bench for the Blues. Oh, yeah. um, you know, so really, it's it's up to Tavita. You know, he was hit and miss at the Broncos. Um, he was pretty consistent. He didn't get a lot of game time in Penrith, but he would have learned a lot while he was playing with the likes of Nathan Cleary, Isaiah Yo. Um, and you could, you just seemed to, you know, he just seemed more switched on, more consistent. And I think um, he's really, along with Matt Burton, um, he is the guy who can really make a difference to this Bulldogs team. Um, I like Paul Vaughan as a player. Uh, again, I think he's only on a one-year contract, but he's quality. He's played a lot of games for New South Wales. So they've got a lot of size there, a lot of mobility as well. Um, it's the qu- big question mark over the number seven. Who's going to basically take that role? Question over the number nine. We know that next year, 2023, they've got the one of the best hookers in the game going to fill that jersey and read Marnie. Mm-hmm. But he's not there this year. Um, I, I see them, you know, I, I see them as, as maybe probably just missing the eight, but they're going to certainly not be at the bottom. Um, if they're anywhere near the bottom, they'll have a new coach in 2023. I've no doubt about that. Um, yeah, and and look, that's the other that's the other thing that's worth discussing here is um, is we've got Trent Barrett there, and obviously, if you're Trent Barrett, you're saying, look, I'm starting to put together the squad I want. Um, whilst there were some good players there, uh, last year, he's um, he look there was a, there is a big changing of personnel there in regards to players. So, you know, Trent Barrett, and obviously under the direction, we know that Phil Gould's also involved. They're 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 attempted to put together the side that they think that can win games. And I think that the pressure is squarely on Trent, Bar- on Trent Barrett if this team um, has a season like last year. Will he be gone? Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, he's got quality side. Well, quality, he's got quality players. It's it's one thing to have a good roster. It's another team. And they've got, it's going to take them time to gel. But there'd be a lot of coaches in the NRL said, gee, I'd like to have that. I'd like to have Matt Burton. I'd like to have Tavita Pangar Jr. I'd like to have Josh Addo Carr in my team. Mm-hmm. You can do something with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and re- being realistic, when we look at some of the players who have left the club, uh, I don't think there are many players that uh, we could say were you know, in great form at the top of their game. They may have had great seasons in the past, but... Uh, we, we found with some of the players that are leaving the club, I mean, Nick Co- Nick Kotrick wasn't there for long. He's back at the, the Raiders. He was a big signing um, that we were talking about. I think it would have been this time last year because he only went, spent the one year yeah, in the club. Absolutely. Um, he went there on big money, but he yeah. didn't, didn't perform. But he did have injury concerns. But I think it's for Nick Kotrick and for the Bulldogs, it's win-win. Yeah, definitely. And also, you know, another player that comes to mind that's been there in recent years that had... Um, Success in the past was Dylan Napa, just another player who, um, yeah, didn't didn't quite see the same success. And I think he and he's going to the he's going to he's Dragons, going to hasn't he? Dragons with yeah. uh, with uh, Tyrone May and Mitchell Pierce. And that's an interesting interesting trio to be going to the south of France together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, it could be 
Could be some uh, good times ahead for those guys. So, so just to wrap it up, uh, Griffo, we're probably looking at the Bulldogs improvers. This, I, I, I wouldn't have them in the top eight, but I definitely think that they'll uh, be much higher in the bottom half of the eight. Yeah, I think somewhere around uh, around nine, ten, probably yep. just missing out on the top eight. Yeah. All right, well, the second team that we're going to talk about today are the North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, last year, the Cowboys finished in 15th position. Uh, they, had seven, they had seven wins for the season, 17 losses. They ended up on 16 points when you factor in uh, buys and whatnot. Uh, for, for the Cowboys, look, they're, they're definitely going to be looking to improve. It was an interesting season last year where um, you know, we saw the Cowboys and Broncos towards the bottom of the ladder. Uh, usually, historically, we're used to seeing uh, success from, from the Queensland teams. They haven't done as much spending this year as uh, teams such as the Bulldogs. They've got Hiku and Tanua Brown coming from the Warriors. Chad Townsend is coming from the Sharks via the Warriors. So um, there's a few players coming there. And uh, Brendan Elliott coming uh, from the UK. So with the with the Cowboys, they're another team I'd imagine uh, Griffo last year was a disappointment for them. Uh, just before we talk about where we'd put their players in their team this year. Um, how would you sum up the, the, the season for the Cowboys? I know it wasn't as disastrous as it was for the Bulldogs, but um, still a disappointment. Well, they were horrible. They were absolutely horrible. <laughs> I saw them in round one and they were dreadful. Yeah. <clears throat> they lost, I think, maybe three or four games in a row. Then they won six in a row, got back actually into the eight. And then they didn't win another game till the second last round. They were awful. Yeah, and, and and just when they give their fans that little bit of hope, they just slide back to, you know, where they were. And um, I, look, I've heard people in in the past couple of weeks talk about the Cowboys, um, and I heard I read one article during the week which basically summed it up and said, look, they're in for a tough season because they haven't recruited well. They put it that simply. I just think they're in for a tough season because their roster is not as good as other teams. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're, they're highly paid, the most highly paid player they've got um, won't get a vaccine. We don't know, and he, he won't answer questions. Um, we don't know how, you know, how many games he's going to play. Um, eh, Last year, he had all sorts of drama. The only bloke to break his hand about two or three times. And I don't think but, it was the same hand. I think um, we're no. talking about Tamalolo here. Um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it was, yeah, it, it was bizarre. And this is where Griffo, I think, um, you know, I mean, he would have thought about it a fair bit over, over recent years. But we need to remind everyone about that big contract that long-term contract he signed, um, off the top of my head, I don't even know where he is in that contract. Would he be about uh, halfway through got it? About six years to go. So. Yeah. So, I mean, but finishes about 20, 27 or something like that, 26, 27. Was it a, from memory, was it a, a 10-year contract yeah. and it was yeah. in the ballpark of a million a year? Is that, that was, was that what was floated yep. at the time? Which, Absolutely. At the time, and even still, if you're getting a million dollars a year, it's it's tip top money. And I know he went for the the security. I can understand that. Um, you know, if you 
you look at looking after your family and you say, okay, I can make, you know, 10 million bucks over the next 10 years, you go for it. Um, if you're Jason Taumalolo, and I know that's a big if, Griffo, <laughs> a lot's got to be different for you in regards to... Uh, I'd go and get vaccine. That's the first thing I'd... <laughs> I was waiting for that. I thought, yeah, you'd, yeah. There's the first. There's the first difference. But no, all, all jokes aside, are you are you are you now looking at it saying, geez, I know the money's great and it's it's setting me up, but I know that there are a lot of football players out there that think, geez, I'd I'd like a premiership, and and we know that this was a very competitive side when he was negotiating that contract. Well, firstly, he does have a premiership ring. Yeah, the, the twenty. 20- 15. And then he also, he, yeah. Morgan, um, got that team to um, a grand final where I think they went. I think it was the Storm. They might have went down too, but yeah, it was. They did it without JT or the other JT, Jonathan Thurston. Mm. They had an amazing, amazing run. Um, that's the quality of Tamalolo. Yeah. He was the best forward in the game, without doubt. That's why. That's why I think I think he's still the only forward that's got a seven-figure contract for each year. Um, I don't know of any other forwards that are earning a million plus. Um, so he's he's being paid well, but at the time, you could understand it. Um, they wanted to secure the long-term future of, of their club, build it around the best forward in the game. Um, but things certainly went a bit little pear-shaped last year. Um, the coach came out after that Penrith game when the team was awful and he singled out Tal Malolo. Um, and he tried to play him in a different role, give him a lot more time off the field, thinking long-term, I guess, that this guy's still got another six years or so on contract. We don't want to burn him out. Protect the investment. Yeah, but it didn't work. Um, yeah, it didn't work. I, I think these, this, this, they're candidates for the spoon. To be honest, I'm gonna have to have a closer look. But I, if I'm naming a spoon off the top of my head, it's these guys. Oh, they'd, they'd definitely be in contention. Um, I don't think there's anything outrageous to talk about in team news because when you look at their team, um, it's it's not because they've. Look, I think the team picks itself in a sense that there may be a lack of options. Um, they've still got some players there, obviously, some big names that uh, have been at the club for a while. Uh, I think the um, the player to watch for them, uh, uh, the hammer, W.I. Fado, I think he's one to keep an eye on. And uh, I'd imagine we'd see him week in, week out in the number one jersey this yeah. year with uh, Val Holmes in the centres. Well... I think, I mean, the hammer is, a, is an excitement machine. Hmm. Um, we've seen what he can do. Uh, amazing speed, um, very hard to tackle. Valentine Holmes wanted to play, you know, he kept saying, I want to play number one. He's got a good contract. We came back from, from uh, you know, being over in America, trying to get in the NFL. Um, you know, he's probably arguably the world's best winger. Um, before he went, but he had this desire to play one. It, it hasn't really worked, I don't think, for Valentine Holmes in the number one jersey. So, he, you know, he'll become possibly the highest paid centre in the game. Um, that's where it sort of looks like he's going to uh, be playing. 
they've brought across Peter Hiku from the Warriors, who's yeah. I think a really good attacking player, but there's, there's a lot of question marks on his defensive reads again. I watched him when he played with the Panthers and he'd pull off the good hit now every now and then. But for every good hit he pulled off, he missed probably five or six yeah. tackles. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, Chad Townsend's the, the other one coming over. Yeah, He'd slot into... Crazy money, 800 grand reportedly a year. Good luck to him. Well, I don't even... Well, I wouldn't give him half that, to be honest. Scott um, Drake Water would be the other half, I'd imagine, wouldn't he? Well, yeah, but they've also got uh, the other guy that came up from the, the Broncos, um, the young redhead fella whose name uh, at the moment is escaping me. My apologies. Um, he came up mid-season, I think, from the Broncos. But anyway, he that's why it's hard to understand why he's a very similar player, I guess, in, in, to, to drink water. Um Oh, I'm trying to find his name there. No, it's escaping me. Um, he was touted as the sort of the next big number seven to come through. The oh, Crimson. Dearden. That's the one. Yes. Dearden. Yeah, Tom is... Dearden, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. why would you sign Dearden and Townsend yeah. when you've already got drink water there? I didn't know why they let Jake Clifford go because Clifford and drink water formed a very good combination, but. I mean, there's a lot of I don't knows when it comes to mm. the Cowboys. I don't know yeah. why they paid huge money for Townsend. Huge money. 30, Who else was trying to sign him? Yeah, 31, 31 years of age. I feel like they had money left and they said, oh, let's just spend it on this. It was like they went to the car yard with, a, with you know, $100,000. All the Ferraris were sold out, so they came home with a, you know... I don't want to offend anyone here. I better be careful here. Hyundai gets or something, you know, definitely not a hundred thousand dollar car, but they had the money to spend and they went for it. That's how it feels like with Chad Townsend. I, I, I don't know if they're trying to create competition within their own ranks, um, whether they want to get the, I mean, it's a lot of money to spend if this is the, the plan. So that's why it doesn't make sense. Well, even, like, trying even to push him, um, even if he's injured and then, you know, Dearden's the successor. Is Chad Townsend a mentor to try and get Dearden in there? It's big money. I think he paid, was it a three-year contract? Is that big money? I understand they were yeah. trying to get an organised and experienced halfback to lead him around. And he has won a competition at seven with the Sharks, but... Yeah, why, why not just, okay, look, this is what we want. You know, start at 400 grand. Um, I can't imagine... That he was demanded eight hundred grand. No one else would have paid half that. But you know, kudos to his manager. Well, yeah. But if you're Chad yeah. Townsend, great. Absolutely. But this is where the I think that that poor poor recruitment comes in. It's not just who you buy. It's 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 how much you pay and what you get because. Yeah, what we've got to understand, it's not just season to season and it starts again. If they've signed him for three years for big money. They could be missing out on a player in a year or two's time that could be really helpful to exactly. the club. Exactly. I just hope for the, the Cowboys that they don't get buyer's remorse with this one. Uh, but I'm not super confident. But look, for, for me, Griffo, I, I think they stay in the bottom four. Um, yeah, they've got, you know, they've got Tabby Fadal at the back. Um, he, he's an excitement machine. 
Not sure if he's going to get the service from inside him. There's 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 some quality still up front, obviously, as we said, Jordan. Uh, sorry, Jason Tamalolo. They've still got probably Mc, uh, McLean. Oh, the Bloom, good player. Yes, yes, your favourite. That's always filled with helium. With helium. Um, they'll also welcome back Cotter to the team this year. Yeah, absolutely, good player. Um, Tanoa Brown, another good, Tenor, another addition. Good, yeah, um, he had a good year a couple of years ago. Um, I think on probably under uh, Peyton. Well, Peyton might have been the assistant coach back then, but it was was at the Warriors. Um, uh, Jeremiah Nanai, also a very good player. Yeah, I reckon uh, he'll come off the bench. So they've got some good young forwards there. Cohen Hess, this guy was was we we were talking about him being you know the the next big thing at one stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully for them, he he finds another gear and and kicks on and well, and lives yeah, lives up to that height. Yeah, when they were playing him in the middle. Um, yeah. He came to the scene amazing, dipped dramatically for a few years, but I actually had a decent season playing uh, in the middle last year. So they've actually got a good a good uh, number of, of forwards. Um, Worry about you know, that, that, that hooker position. Um, I think... The, you'd probably have Robson playing in there. Um, I think we've, 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 we're well past Granville uh, featuring in that position. Oh, well, Granville uh, was playing fullback at one stage last year and, and actually going quite well. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. In a in a fully fit team, I don't know if he gets a, a look in there with uh, with the hammer and uh, Val Holmes sure. in the team. But um, look, I, I think Robson's going to be there at number nine. I mean, I look at all these top teams and... Um, They've got absolute, you know, superstar, big game player, player hookers. So I think that might be one of those things that might, uh, you know, hopefully Robson has a great year. But well, um, Robson's Robson is a good player. He is, he is. But um, I, I think it's just becoming such an important position that hooker spot, where um, yeah, you you you've got to have a really high quality top, top notch hooker, and and some of the best players in the game are. Uh, hookers, and we even talked about you know the Bulldogs. They're not getting Reed Marnie for for another year, and we talked about that being a, a big plus for them. So we're we're starting to see that become. I, I actually I'd almost argue that the hooker is almost the most important position in a team. It's it's starting to really, really um, you know, be, be on par there. It was always the halfback in the history. I don't know if you'd you'd give it that much uh, credit, Griffo, but I think it's really if important you, if you these look, days. Um, you know, if you look at the last few years and the teams that have. Uh, have gone on to win the comp. They've generally had a pretty good number nine. Yeah. yeah. Cameron Smith won a, a number of competitions with the Storm. He also did it South, you know, a number of years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jake Friend at the Roosters won a few comps. Um, pretty good players. Yeah. No, top notch. So uh, just keep an eye on there. Hopefully, you know that they get that balance right. But but as we said, um, I don't I don't know. There's they're very hit and miss too in that back line. I think Griffo. I think they've got got some quality there. But um, yeah, they're bottom four for mine. Yeah, look, I just said um, I look through. They got a lot of players. You see individually, think gee, he's, you know, he's good. He's good. He's good. But just as a as a unit, after what we saw last year. And they weren't real good the year before either, from memory. I just, I don't know about this team. I just, I don't have great hopes. 
that they're going to they're going to. Uh, I can't see them making the eight, no. but uh, yeah, I think they're a contender for the spoon, and probably at the moment my my favourite to win the spoon. Yeah, yeah, I think um, one of the other teams we'll talk about a bit later. I think a few people have talked about the spoon, and um, we'll get to the dragons in another one. But I've also heard a lot of people uh, around the water cooler start to think about them as possible spoon contenders. But uh, one of the teams that have been a lot of hype about um, moving up the ladder and big talk about their recruitment and um, hopefully looking to improve on last year, that's the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, now, last year, they finished in 14th position. The only difference between uh, their record and that of the Cowboys was, in fact, that um, they had a better for and against. Seven wins, 17 losses. Uh, for the Brisbane Broncos, and uh, as we said, a very uh, successful team traditionally when we look back over the years in the NRL and we think about those teams of the past and that great run they had with Wayne Bennett. Um, The big news, I suppose, for them uh, is their signings. Uh, The the key one that I think that people are going to point to, uh, he's a premiership winner, He's uh, a talented halfback. There were a lot, of, a lot of talk about um, his move up to the club, but I think it would be hard uh, not to argue that Adam Reynolds is probably their key signing. He will be the first captain for the uh, the Broncos that's from New South Wales. Uh, joining Adam Reynolds there this year, also from um, a team that you know, Premiership winning team. We're looking at players from that grand final, Kurt Capewell. I think it's a great signing for them. They're also uh, adding Branko Lee from Melbourne to the side, Corey Jensen, Jordan Pereira from uh, St. George, uh, young Billy Walters from the Tigers, and Ryan James making his way up there from Canberra. Um, so so really, Griffo, to, to summarise that, they've looked to, to try and sign a few players there to, um, to, to cover a, a, a couple of losses, I suppose. I think for them, if we talk about losses... The main one, which we'll talk about in a few weeks when we get to the storm, uh, I think is uh, Xavier Coates. He's an absolute superstar, and uh, you know he he could be anything in this game. But uh, just going back to some of those stars they've signed, they've looked for a, a player to build a team around for the next couple of years. Uh, and and as I said, Adam Reynolds is that player, and he's their new captain. Yeah, he is. Um, it's going to be really weird. Uh, I guess, especially for you as a... Yeah, it's going to be very odd. But I was fan. And, and, I mean, you know him personally from your time at the Rabbitohs um, when he was just a young guy. Mm. Um, it's going to be extremely strange watching him run out in the Broncos' colours. Um, but in terms of what they were lacking over the last couple of years, he's exactly what they need. Um an experienced uh, player who runs the show. Um, he's a premiership winner. Um, he's played state of origin. He's done it all in the game, really, apart from play in the green and gold. Um, he's the guy that they needed. Giving him steering the ship, giving him direction around the park, a great kick in game and leadership that they've lacked. Um, and almost as importantly, but not you know quite, but almost is is the forward leader that they've signed in Kurt Capewell. Mm. Um, he was brilliant for for Penrith, um, particularly in the big games last year. 
He misses the odd one-on-one tackle, but he makes plenty of try savers. Um, he's yeah, he's just scrambling defense is is almost second to none. Um, he's a very good ball runner. He's got a bit of a step. He scores tries. Uh, I was sad to see him go, but I understood why. I mean, you know, he is from Queensland. He's going home. Um, and obviously, you know, he was going beyond more money than what Penrith could offer him. Very well respected by, you know, everyone concerned with the Panthers, including supporters. Um, and, you know, no Penrith supporter would have wanted to see Kirk Capewell go, but all would have understood. Um, <clears throat> you know, we've seen him succeed for the Maroons. He's a big game player. And I think, again, he gives the team direction. Um, He's a premiership winner in a team that probably doesn't have too many premiership winners in it Um, because it's been a long time for the Broncos. Um, And then certainly none of the guys that have have been there over the past few years were in in, in the last team to win for the Broncos, which, you know, it's just a little under 20 years now. So um, for, for a team as big as the Broncos, Used to success, um, it's been lean pickings, but I certainly think this year they're going to go better than what they've done over the last couple of years. Um, If they don't, then you've got to say Coach Walters is going to be under a lot of pressure because he's got the roster. They've got a lot of good young players, a lot of good young players, Uh, guys like Cobble. They've got Stags. Stags missed most, most of last year. Um, Tessie Neu, he'll probably play in the fullback. Yeah. You've got, you know, we've got arguably the best forward in the game now in their team, who's Payne Haas. Mm-hmm. Um, that guy, the, the stats that he produces is unbelievable, but it was almost a one-man band. But now he's got other guys. He doesn't have to worry about, you know, leading the team, even though he wasn't the captain. Um, you know, he's got Reynolds there, he's got Capewell, and he can just do what he does now without feeling that responsibility of yeah. leading. Um, I think their forward pack's got a bit of work to do also, though, in the first couple of weeks, Griffo, because especially if you've got fans at home that are looking at possible round one team for, teams for the Broncos, we need to remember that they will be missing Tom Flegler until uh, round four. I'd imagine he'd come straight into the starting lineup, but that could open up position possibly for Ryan James to um, to to have a crack at starting in this forward pack alongside Payne Haas up front. Probably. Um, you've also, yeah, when you've got Carrigan coming back from injury, but they're like, probably he's seen more as a 13. Yeah. Um, you got the back rows, you know, you've got... Uh, some tearaway guys like Ricky and also TC Rabati, who looks mm. the goods. Um, so they've still got a good young talent there, but they brought in some experience with Capewell, with, as you said, Ryan James. Um, you know, he's had his issues with injury over the years, Ryan James. Uh, I think he played last year down at Cambridge and really yeah. worked out so well. I think he even might come and play uh, fill in for the Bulldogs a couple of weeks um, when they had a lot of injuries. Um, I think the biggest problem for the Broncos 
is their draw. We talked about it, you know, in one of the late podcasts last year. Yeah. That they're the worst draw of any team in terms of playing against uh, top eight, top four sides from last year and, and low numbers of games against the, the low-ranking teams. Um, that might be the difference for these guys missing out on the eight or just feeling in like seven or eight. I can't see them being better than seven or eight. Um, but I think, yeah, that poor draw that they've unfortunately scored against, you know, they play all the top teams pretty much twice. Um, it's going to be tough for them. Tough for them. But uh, so I, I do see continued improvement, but whether it's enough to, to make the eight, um, I think they'll probably just miss out because of the fact that they are having such a, a tough draw when other teams around them, like the Titans, you know, got a much easier draw. And that could be the difference between, the, you know, which side makes the eight. Yeah. And just, and just looking here, um, you know, just, just to, just to summarize that again, I know we went over it in a different podcast, but it's quite relevant here when we're looking at the Broncos, because I think it's probably fair to say that, should they have a, if they had a more favourable draw, I, I I could see them making the eight, but I just think the fact that they've got to play fourteen of their games against last year's top eight, um, six of those against last year's top four, so they're playing each of them once and the, again twice. It's it, it is really tough, and only five of their games this year are going to be against the teams that come in the bottom four this year. Um, keeping in mind, obviously, they were one of those bottom four teams. But when you've got sides like, um, you know, uh, for example, South Sydney, the Eels, the Knights and the Dragons all play uh, seven games against this year's bottom four teams, it just shows that the Broncos, I think the, the, the consensus amongst the rugby league community when the draw came out was that they got the worst draw of all. Um, yeah. It, and yeah, and it does make a difference. The draw does make a difference. I think it does, especially when you're those teams in the middle and you're scrapping for a top eight spot. Um, because you know, even though some people might say, "Okay, what difference does it make?" They're probably not going to win the comp. It makes big difference if you, you know, if you're running a business, you're looking at whether you're successful or not, uh, whether or not, um, you know, you need to to make changes in regards to personnel, so on and so forth. So it's a big year for the Broncos. Probably the only other thing, Griffo, I think is worth mentioning with the Broncos, I, I think there's a bit of talk about who might partner Reynolds in the halves this year. Um, yeah. Albert That's Kelly, Tyson Gamble would be the options. Uh, I'm I'm not sure which way they're going to go. I think it might be a, a case of, um, you know, the trials might help them sort that out. They'd obviously have an idea given who's um, who's been training well with with Reynolds and, and seeing that gel. But I'd imagine in these trials over the next few weeks, you're going to see both Kelly and Gamble uh, given some time to try and build up a combination with Adam Reynolds. Absolutely. But the other guy, interestingly, Graham, coming back to the NRL is Tamari Martin. Mm. So he's another option. Yeah, um, yep, yep. He was, he was a good player. And then he, he sort of retired because of... Um, it's a brain bleed or something like that. But it was a couple of years ago. He was up at the Cowboys at the time. Um, he'd been at a couple of clubs. He'd been at the Tigers. He'd been at the Panthers. Um, but this, is, I think, is his fourth club. But 
Uh, he, he, he had talent. Um, I, I liked Gamble last year. I thought he was a goer. Yeah. I, I, I think maybe um, if Gamble's not your, your six, then maybe he's, he's plays at 14. Um, oh, yeah. uh, uh, possibly. But because he's big enough to play like uh, as a, you know, 13 or a, in the second row. Um, but I, I thought he added a lot, Gamble. A lot of competitiveness uh, in a team that sometimes maybe lacked a bit of that. Um, yeah, who it'd be interesting to see who gets first uh, shot at it. But as you say, I guess trial form's going to be really important. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think that's going to be a big one. Gut feeling is they might take the punt on Gamble. We'll see. Yeah. Well, um, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, I've got a bomb kit here, but I just bump <laughs> Um Yeah, and, and and as we mentioned before, I think the other player that I'm really excited to look at, um, Tessie Niu, um, Katoni Staggs, seeing him. If he gets through a full season, um, also interested to see uh, Jermaine Asako because... Um, is he is he officially off to the uh, the Dolphins? Is that yeah, what I think we've he's heard? Twenty three. So this will be his uh, his last season there with um, with the Broncos. So definitely um, very interested to see how he goes. Cobble, uh, yeah, Cobble with you know one of these um, young indigenous guys who's um, just amazingly gifted physically. Um, so he, he'll be interested, interested to see how he goes. Um, you know, probably, yeah, he probably starts as a winger. Yeah, I'd imagine him maybe, on one side of Sarko, the other. Oh, well, there's Corey Oates as well. Um, I was actually, that was going to be my question, follow up, see where you see him fit in. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Sarko is a goal kicker. I don't know. Well, Herbie Farmworth can kick goals, I think. Adam Reynolds isn't too bad either. Adam Reynolds, well, of course. <laughs> I keep forgetting um, he's there. It just does not seem yeah. real, does it? I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I know people, uh, my wife included, she says she won't believe it until she actually sees him wearing the Broncos jersey. She thinks it's a big ruse and that uh, there's going to be some some major... Back- people just can't see it happening. And this is... um, Yeah, it is bizarre. It is going to be yeah. bizarre. But they've got options I mean, for goal kicking. The one of the strings Asako had that sort of, I guess, kept him in the side. Yeah, the fact that you know he was he's a very good goal kicker, but that's not really necessary now. They've got Reynolds, so yeah, um, yeah. So I, I think he'll probably be on the out. Yep. All right, so um, we're thinking if they make the top eight, they've had a good season. Oh, if they make the top eight, they've had a great season. Given the draw, do get in the eight. We're probably looking at the uh, them playing sudden death in the first week. I um, think so. Realistically, we could probably see this team finish anywhere between seventh and tenth. That's probably I know that's a big range, but to yep. to sum it up, I think that's where where um I've got them at the at the moment. But um, talent, oh. talent wise, I've got them you know around seven or eight. Yep. Uh, but draw, taking account who they got to play, I've got them just missing out um, on the top eight due to the poor draw that they've got. Be a blockbuster that first game uh, Friday night at Suncorp Stadium. It's the it's the main game on Friday, the eight o'clock kickoff game. They take on South Sydney at home, so that'll be a massive game. Uh, mm. Obviously, they're they're going to be marketing the um, Adam Reynolds versus Rabbitohs match, but 
I know they've got a tough draw, but they've got a couple of weeks after that South game where they definitely have an opportunity to show show where they should sit in this competition. Round two's against the Bulldogs, round three's against Cowboys, round four against Warriors. Um, they want to win three of those. Yeah, I think they need to win those three because then they start to have to run, you know, Roosters, Panthers. It's, it, 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 it is tough. You go through the Broncos' draw, it's almost like every second week they're playing a team from last year's top eight. It's um, yeah. it, it, it's going to be really tough for them, but um, really excited to see. Um, really, yeah, just, just excited to see how it all fits together and, um, and the combinations they put together. All right, last team we're going to look at tonight uh, in our 2022 preview, Griffo, uh, the West Tigers. Now, the Tigers are one of those teams where um, there's been a lot of talk about them over the past few years. We got a bit of insight last year with the Tales from Tiger Town documentary. Um, they're another team who have struggled in recent times, and we're not seeing a lot of players come into the side for them either. Um, on my list, I've got Jackson Hastings coming back. I know... Um, Michael Maguire, um, I, I didn't hear it, but um, someone someone let me know that he was on Triple M this afternoon and uh, had a lot of positive things to say about Jackson Hastings coming to the club. Uh, Tyron Peach is the other one I've got on my list coming over, and Stafford Toa from uh, Newcastle. You also Griffo. got and uh, Gildar, we don't know too much about I, Yes, Gildar's also coming from Wigan, isn't he? Yeah, centre. Yeah, yeah, so... That, that's going to be a bit of an unknown. We're a, a bit unsure about, um, you know, where he's going to fit in, uh, how much of, you know, how much game time he's going to see. Um, but, you know, we could see those new recruit recruits realistically of Stafford Toa and Oliver Gildart uh, making up a new centres pairing with Jackson Hastings at half. So, uh, or 5'8", I'd imagine, with probably Brooks at half. Um <sighs> What 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 do we make of the Tigers? I know we've said a lot about the Tigers. I'm going to, you know, try and be positive here and say that, that, you know, we do have some new blood there coming in with Hastings. It'd be interesting to see how he goes. A lot of rugby league players may not have seen him him play for a little while. Um, Star Tower is one of those players at Newcastle that um, I enjoyed playing and he had some really good, really good games there over the past year or so. We then look at their forward pack. We we know that they have talent in this forward pack. Um, and I'd imagine, Griffo, that Tyrone Peachy, I'm feeling as though he may end up in that 14 spot and, and be their utility off the bench. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, they've got, they've got good forward. They've got good forwards there. Um the best player, unfortunately, is is not due back till halfway through the season. Adam Duwehi. Um yeah. so it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, with respect, we see uh, a Brooks Hastings halves pairing. Um, and it'd be you know whether that gels or not will yet to be seen. But um, the other unfortunate news for on the injury front um, talked this week that Sean Bloor is out for the year with a torn ACL. That's what we're hearing. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's really unfortunate for the young lad. He's a very, very good player. Yeah. Um, 
out to the Panthers system. I, I was really, um, you know, disappointed when I read initially that he'd left Penrith. They released him mid-year, um, the year before last. He's, uh, he's, he's sort of suffered with a lot of injuries over the last three years. Uh, he was uh, New South Wales under-18s captain up against a uh, David Fafita Queensland side, and I'm pretty sure the Blues won that game. Um, so coming through, Bloor's been, you know, he was sort of, I guess, uh, the next big thing in the forwards coming through with the Panthers juniors. And as I said, uh, you know, he did do an ACL about three years ago, which obviously curtailed his, his move towards a first-grade spot. And then Panthers, you know, start to have some big success. Um, and he looked for, uh, you know, a better chance of playing first grade, went to the Tigers. And, and again, he's, I mean, he's, he made his debut at the Tigers. He's played some really good football, but he's had injuries. And now this one, I believe it's not to the, the knee that he did when he was with Penrith. So he's had some really bad luck. Mm. Um, I think he's a big loss. I know they did re-sign him. I think it was till the end of next year. Um, so, I mean, financially, you know, he's going okay. But you're a young guy trying to make your name in the NRL. You don't want to be on the sideline for, you know, literally a couple of years. Um, he's a big loss. Uh, I think this year the Tigers will struggle. I think, you know, they're going to be bottom four. Uh, but I think there's good signs for them next year when, um, you know, they see Isaiah Pupoli'i and um, also uh, Apasar Korisau um, coming yes. to the team. Um, yeah. A big re-signing for the Tigers is big Stefano Utoi uh, yes. Kamano. He's, he's shown his faith in the club by re-signing uh, to, uh, you know, I think probably about the end of 2024, 25. So um, he was, a, you know, again, he was one of these guys coming through the juniors, um, sort of best forward of his age group. And we saw after, like he was brought into the blue squad last year. We're all saying why, like, because um, he wasn't really going all that well at the Tigers. But after coming back from the blue squad, finished the year very well. So, He's going to be the forward leader going uh, into the future. Um, and they're going to build their forward pack around Stefano. Um, they've got some other good guys there. Obviously, Alex Twal's a, a, you know, a seasoned first grader. Luciano Leilua is, you know, very, very uh, good on his day last year at the club. Garner's good. Um, they've got guys on the, you know, like McKaylee and Musgrove. So they've got size. Uh, often Gao is another guy. So they've got plenty of forwards. Just always with the Tigers, there's always a question mark simply because they're the Tigers. <laughs> um, and that's not, you know, that's, I mean, it sounds like I'm putting crap on them. Um, but they're not a consistent rugby league team. Um and I think we're going to see more of that this year. They'll win some games. We don't really expect them to win. But their their curse over the years has been they've lost a lot of games they were expected to win. Yeah. They haven't played semi-final football for 
something like 10 years or maybe 2011 or 2010. So there's a, there's a generation almost of Tigers supporters that have never seen him play in September or yeah. maybe apart from the year where we had the late start to the season. Um, and they won't be no. there this year. No, and, and, and I mentioned before that um, Star Toa and Oliver Gilda might get a crack at the centres um, because in addition to uh, Sean Bloor and uh, Adam Dewey who um, have long-term injuries, Tommy Talao's also on that list and so yeah. is Kapoa. So there's your centre stock very thin. Um, you know, you start to then look at... You know, I think a concern for them is the success that Star Toa was having at the tie at uh, the Knights. Uh, from and from what I've seen, from what I remember, I think he's mainly a winger. Oh, he's a winger, yeah. And that's and that's the issue too there. And then they start to get tempted and say, okay, if it's not working out for one of those blokes, you know, then then all of a sudden you're looking at you know uh, Ken Mamalo, who's a cent- who's a winger as well. Yeah, he's a winger. I. I actually think they might start to um, to look. I, 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 I'm sure they've got younger players coming through the ranks. This is a really big opportunity, I think, for a young bloke to come in um, and play in the centres. But I don't know. Just, there's just something very Tigers about, you know, by yeah. around two or three Tyrant Peachy playing in the centres. Uh, I don't know. Um, gee. Again, look, Tyrone's got a lot of skill, but defensively... I wouldn't uh, do it, but oh, you know, nice. I just, it I just seems like something they'd do. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll tell you what, if they do, all the attack will be channeled right there. Yeah. Uh, they signed a, a young guy, um, Junior Tupo. Uh, I believe he's got a rugby union background, um, but he's supposed to, you know, again, one of these young guys with athletically very good. So uh, we'll see what happens, but. Yeah, I think it's a bleak year for the Tigers. Mm. I think better things ahead in 23, but um, I think they're they're challenging for the spoon. Yeah, there's a, there's another bloke that um who played in their their flag side who's been promoted to the main squad. Uh, 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 I'm not 100 sure how he pronounces his last name. Uh, K E I, William Key or K. Uh, William Key, I think, the is pronounced. The key to success, Graham. It's the key to success, let's hope. But he's another young bloke. Um, he's only 21 years old. He was um, He's one of those, you know, six foot, 100 kilo uh, strong centers. Um, he uh, He's one of those blokes who has uh, played representative football at younger ages. May see someone like him come in. Not too sure, but uh, I'm with you, Griffo. I, I think that um, I, I'm definitely considering them for the spoon. Um, I was looking at the Dragons the other day and they didn't impress me and I think they're the only thing at the moment for me saving the Tigers from, from getting the spoon, but I, I can't see this team getting near the finals. No. No, no. So I, no. I, I think uh, bottom four... I'm super confident in bottom four. I'd even say possible spoon contenders. Um, no, they're contenders. Um, no doubt about that. Yeah. If they could, if they could jag a you know a tenth or eleventh, they've had a good year. 
I think so too. And and look, it's it's not going to be easy for them because when we get to round one on the 12th of March, uh, they're the Saturday 7.30 game. Round one, they're taking on the Storm. When so, saying uh, that, the Storm are going to be without a number of good, well, not good players, great players. Yeah, that, There'll be no Brandon Smith, no, uh, I think no Munster. Yeah, Munster no will be out. Suspended. So, um, and I, I, I know the Storm have never lost in round one, but if I tell you what, um, you know, if you think, gee, we've got, we've got to play the Melbourne Storm, um, I'd like to be playing them with all those guys out. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of them are actually due back round two. Uh, Grant Munster, Brendan Smith, Chris yep. Lewis, all yep. due back round two. And um, look, for the Storm fans, they're the only other person who we're a bit unsure about, but we can't see playing at the start there, is uh, the Kama Chameleon. The Kama Chameleon. He's got an asterisk next to his name. Yeah. Um, apparently, Big Nelson thinks he's being able to play. I don't know. Again, he's one of these anti-vaxxers. Um, yeah. I don't know. Put an asterisk works. next to his name. We'll talk yeah. about them in a couple of weeks, but it opens up for, for guys like like your Cooper Johns and, um, you know, it'll be an, an opportunity maybe for, for Kenny Kenny Bromwich and uh, Jesse Bromwich to, to play a bit of time together, obviously, there at the Storm before they head off to the Dolphins. Because, um, look, now that we've looked at those teams, Griffo, I might actually just quickly ask you about um, some of the recruitment we have seen at the Dolphins, just while it's topical. Because by the time we talk again next week, we could see some more players joining the um, the the Redcliffe side, which will just be known as the Dolphins. But I'm sure that uh, the the Redcliffe name will be used, uh, obviously, by us here on the uh, on the podcast and by fans, because um, you know realistically, that's that's how we've known the team for years. Um, we, we, I mentioned just then the Bromwiches are going over Kafusi from Melbourne, uh, Ray Stone. Um, uh, he's also signed. I've got on my list here. I'm trying to keep Mark up with Nichols. Them all. Mark Nichols. Mark Nichols. Yes, one of our favourites here. He's heading over. That's an interesting one because he's um he's actually being released a year early from his Rabbitohs contract. Um, he's he's going to play with South this year. He's 32. I think the two years that he's going to be at the Dolphins, 33, 34. Uh, we were at work the other day, Griffo, and someone we know very closely who uh, is not with us tonight. I think he used the words retirement village to describe the Dolphins in jest. Well, it seems that way, doesn't it? And um, look, we, we had a bit of a laugh and said, well, you know, when the coach is 104, uh, a, 30, a 32-year-old prop doesn't seem that old. But it'd be interesting to see... Um, coming from the, the Queensland Cup, whether we start to see some young players, because that was really what we were hoping for. Um, we know Osako's going over there as well, but uh, it seems to be especially the Fords they're signing Griffo uh, at the uh, the latter sa- stage of their careers. Oh, absolutely, Graham. Um, uh, Wayne Bennett is probably just about the smartest guy um, you know, what if not one of the smartest guys ever to be involved in rugby league? He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, personally, I don't agree with it. Uh, I understand you want to have some experienced hard heads there, but I think the number of them is a concern for me. Like, 
you talk about Kenny Bromwich, Jesse Bromwich, uh, Kafusi, Smashing Baby. <laughs> um, they're all right at the back end of their career. They're not going to get any better. They're just getting another year older. They're all 30-plus, I think, already. Um, so while, yes, you want some of those guys, do you want four of them? Um, and Ray Stone is, you know, Ray Stone's a good, a good uh, player. Um, he's a solid sort of a, a guy who, you know, give you a hundred percent great defender. Um, unfortunately for poor old Ray, he was in at hooker against the Panthers in, uh, in the semifinal last year. And, you know, he, I felt sorry for the guy sort of, you know, even though I was wanting, you know, I loved it every time he stuffed up at dummy half, but don't get me wrong. Um, but I did feel for the guy because he's not a hook. Um, so I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be playing Ray at hooker. Uh, I hope they're going to get someone else in the number nine Jersey. Um, but yeah, they've got solid, you know, they've got a solid basis. They're not going to get sort of steamrolled. But I just think at the moment, there's a lack of talent in terms of uh, attacking, you know, and, and we don't know. We don't know who they've sort of got lined up, but most of the guys that we thought might have been possibilities have re-signed, you know, with the, with the current club. Mm, we were um, talking Brandon Smith, Cameron Munsters, if yeah. you go back to one of our podcasts last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, they thought they had Brandon Smith until, you know, he went and roosted. The other podcast. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he heard, uh, you know, he heard uh, Robinson Turk talking in French and uh, said, this is the team <laughs> I'll premiership with and whatnot. And, uh, got we. <laughs> so, look, if they had have snagged Brandon Smith, you know, one of the best number nines in the game, um, then I'd be more confident about their their first season. But again, until, you know, they've got another 12 months um, to assemble their team. I just think it's just too top heavy with, with too many older guys who, whose best years are behind them. Hmm. Um, As good as they, as good as, you know, have, they have been those guys, they're not going to get any better. And there's another season for them to play this year. So, um, yeah, it's going to be another year older. Yeah, and I feel like now um, it, it, it's more more evident than even when we were talking about this uh, months ago last season when we first heard about the Dolphins coming in. They really need a, a big, not just even a big name, but a strike player, a player that can take a, a game and turn it around, a player that can pull something out of nothing, a real attacking strike weapon, um, you know, a, a Caleb Ponga. Ponga, or yeah. you know, in, in recent days, of course, we've heard that Reese Walsh is getting restless with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, their recruitment manager, um, Peter O'Sullivan, was the guy that got him across to the Warriors. Um, he's the recruitment manager now at the Redcliffe, or oh, sorry, at the Dolphins. Um, can't say Redcliffe Dolphins, but no, the Dolphins. Um, but Dolphins Incorporated or, um, you know, basically SeaWorld. Um, so there's a link there. Um, 
<clears throat> Reese Walsh is a Queensland boy. Uh, he's never been to New Zealand, I'm, as far as I'm aware. Um, and, and the Warriors, who he's playing with, haven't played in New Zealand in his time, and they most likely yeah. be playing there again this year, it seems. Um, but he's under contract. Well, he's under contract for next year as well. Um, so interesting to see what pans out. But unless they can can jag a high quality, um, you know, guy like a, I mean, obviously you'd think Kalen Ponger would be their number one target because he has a contract um, currently with the Knights that allows him to move at the end of the year should he so desire. It's one of those strange contracts where well, you've got a contract, but you haven't really, if you want to go, you can go. Yeah. I, I don't understand that, but yeah. um, for mine, he's the guy that they really want to make the face of the, the Dolphins. Uh, but, you know, if they miss out on him, okay, Reese Walsh, he's got that star power as well. And with an extra year of NRL under his belt, he, you could certainly look at him as uh, a guy that's, that's going to be protected by the likes of the Bromwich brothers and Kafusi and, and Smashing Baby. Hmm. So, um, But he's the guy they need, that sort of a, a guy that can spark a team because there's no spark currently from really anyone they've signed so far. It's, um, you know, it's, it's nice and, uh, and safe and strong, but a little bit old and perhaps a little bit rusty um, for mine at the moment. They need they need a spark. Yep. Yeah, really need that attacking weapon. So uh, it's a bit of a watch this space and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see over the next uh, few weeks and as we go into the season, we'll keep all the fans in Queensland and those who are obviously just rugby league fans in general up to date with all the latest signings for the Dolphins as we prepare for their entry into the competition in uh, it will in twelve months' time. So uh, this time next year, we'll be we'll be including them uh, as part of our preview. But really, the big thing we want to talk about in preview uh, this week, now that we've had a chat about the NRL, it's the footy that's happening this week. Uh, we have uh, Saturday, I believe, is the day that we will all be uh, hovered around our TVs watching rugby league. Uh, the first first game that we're going to um, to see on our screens. Is going to be the uh, the female Maori versus um, Indigenous women's uh, All Stars game, uh, and then after that we will roll into uh, at eight o'clock the um, the Maori and Indigenous All Stars match. And to join us here for our preview of the big game, we've called in the big guns. We've got Shano on board. How are you? Hey, Shane? how are we doing, guys? Sorry, I'm well. a bit late. Oh, got a few things Welcome. to do. Few prior um, commitments and uh oh, knee knee deep in uh <laughs> knee deep in uh twice twice weekly rat tests or rat things at the moment. So that's all good. Everyone's negative, which is a good thing. That's a win. That's what how we are we want. going in rugby league land? Uh we're going good, Shano. Just to uh just to let you know, just to fill you in and recap for the fans, we had a bit of a chat at the, the top of the um the show about uh John Raper. I just wanted to give you your opportunity yeah, just yeah. to say a few Bloody words hell. there because we, we spent a bit of time talking about that before we did our um our previews of the Bulldogs, Cowboys, Broncos and Tigers. But um I, I thought it might be fair for you just to have a bit of a comment there, uh being a student of the game and someone who understands oh, the influence oh, that uh yeah. That this bloke had on the uh, on the rugby league world. 
well, lot forward, textbook tackler, um, could go out the night before and have a night out and still turn up and get man the match. You know, that's, you know, what do you do? Like, look, everyone who... Um, wearing you know, nothing we, but a bowler we, hat. Yeah, wearing nothing <laughs> but a bowler hat. Streets of London. Um, but, you know, like, when you look at... His record speaks for himself. Like, he... He was a walking start, um, started at Newtown, um, went quickly went to St. George, would be a walk-up start to any of the teams back then um, and was with, was with the record-breaking, still world record-holding team that was the St. George Dragons. Um, we, we said one that'll the, never be beaten. We, we, we've we've oh, never. That's yeah. never going to be beaten. Um, the first one of the first four immortals, the last um, one alive. He he was a he was a brilliant player, and, and that's the thing. Like I think, I think these days in this modern game, we talk about the attack. This guy in unlimited football. Um, revolutionized defense like you know he he his attacking prowess was was brilliant but the thing that St George did back in the day was they'd give you the ball and kick the shit out of you like they'd just say here have it like that just literally literally they'd just kick it they'd chip it to you and go here you run we're gonna we're gonna smash you because we can because it, it's unlimited tackle rule we can just keep hammering you and I remember um, a guy that lived near us, Graham, talking about that. He played for yeah. the Bunnies or played for And he said, he said, it was nothing worse that the St. George mob would just chip it to you. And you'd catch the ball. And he said, for whatever tackles you could hold out, they would literally bash the daylights yeah, out of that'd you. That'd be the start and of the he, game. They kick he, it out of their own end. He, and he was, he was one of the guys who revolutionized that as a. You know, he's tackling. Anyone would get in the break, he'd just chop you down. And, you know, like I, I remember hearing a, um, I remember hearing an interview he gave once where someone says, oh, today, you know, the forwards hold him up. And he said, you want to hurt the player as he falls. He says the most velocity he'll get from 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 falling is if you clip him at the ankles and if you can textbook chop him down at the ankles he's going to crash down like a tree in the woods and I thought <laughs> I thought you know what and and you know a good mate of ours and a great mate of the show old um C Clunes he's often said you know a one on one tackle round the legs needs to be a dominant tackle and and you know what in There's Johnny no Rafe it, it was yeah. It was he got the reward. You just got because you're allowed then when you when you hit a guy and, and he and he crashed to the ground in that way, you're allowed to have five or six pummel on top of him. So yeah, you know, it's for the purest of the game, it's it's a real um, you know, people say, Oh, it's a sad day. I don't know. When you get to 88 and living what he did. I think it's a celebration of a life well had. So, um, you know, um, for St. George fans, it would have been a time long ago of um, better times. But, yeah, it's 
he, he, he deservedly is one of the first four immortals and, um, and someone who really, you know, I'm, that's why I'm glad Arthur Beetson got picked because I think he was the next revolutionary guy. So, um, yeah, great, great rugby league player and as a student of the game, he was brilliant, you know. Yeah, and, and how could you say anything? What can and, you and say? That's, about? And look, that's and that's basically what we covered. We, um, we we had a lot of positive things to say, and everyone's just been full of positive things to say, and uh, definitely, um, look, definitely a big part of the the world of rugby league, and uh, definitely a person who needs to be celebrated uh, for the. Uh, the, not only his career, but 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 his life and commitment to the rugby league community and the mm. wider community as a whole. Well, another thing that I think is greater for our wider community uh, is this Indigenous All Stars game. Uh, as I said, we have the the women's game kicking off at five twenty p.m. on Saturday afternoon, and then at uh, eight ten we have the the men's game. Uh, this is a it's a great game, I think, guys, to celebrate the the start of the rugby league season, and also I think it's a real um, a real positive to have on our calendar uh, to to celebrate uh, the culture and um, the influence that uh, both of these cultures have on the game. No, oh, it's definitely massive, massive influence these days. Um, uh, We've had indigenous players, you know, playing in the in the top flights of, of rugby league for a long time, but I think the percentage now is is probably higher than it's ever been. Um, and and obviously, some of the game's most exciting players um, are, are indigenous Australians. Um, for mine, you know, I look back on one of the guys that I used to love play. Was uh, Stevie Renoff, uh, the pro? <laughs> um, just he, he to, to watch him run was just just a sight to be seen. It was. Remember uh, that grand final where he scored yeah, the try against the Dragons? Yeah, <laughs> on the length of the field. Jeez, just what a player he was. Um, one of my all-time favorite players to watch. Um, yeah, you know this team. Uh, it's got some of those, you know, some some great great movers, uh, you know, Josh Shadow Carr, the Hammer, Will Kennedy's a great mover, um, a guy who was on sort of, well, you know, on the extended bench, guys Cobbo and and Tyrell Sloan, likewise, they're just mm-hmm. they're just great movers, um, and you you've got guys in the forwards like David Fafita. Um, the most damaging ball runner in rugby league when he's on. Um, mm. So, yeah, there's some great players um, there. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I agree, um, Griffin. I, I even think back to, like, you know, when you think back to the players that, that um, identify as, a, as Indigenous and and – you know what they've, you know, like, like that you don't realize, like Steve Renoff, absolutely gun player, but the players that revolutionized the game, Eric Sims changed the um, field goal rule. 
you yep. know, people like like Laurie Daly. Yeah. Like imagine having Laurie Daly and Jonathan Thurston. Um, you know, you've got you've got Arthur Beats and Gordon Tallis, Sam Thiday, Cliffy Lyons in the eighties. Like, you know, like how good was he? Um, back in that line of Morgan. It's but you look at uh, these Greg, players, you know, and I haven't even mentioned Greg Inglis or Dale Shearer no. yet. No, you know, these are guys that, and, and and you know, there was nothing better. But even your black going to and your game, Mundines. Yeah, Mundine. There was nothing Rick, better than going to Mal, Mal Cochran. Mal Cochran was a was an indigenous player. Um, but there was nothing better than watching uh, watching rugby league, and when someone took a free kick, and Big Sam Bacco trying to trying to um, put the kicker off. You know, these are guys who they're icons. You, you don't, you know, people sort of say, oh, "Who are they?" Mal Meninga. Like, you know, these aren't these are these aren't nobody. These are people who who revolutionised our game, who who changed the way we play. And I think that when you look at all that, it's it's a real um, it's a real dip of the hat to the to to what we to what we have today that we can have the. Um, the the indigenous all stars Matt Bowen now, Matt Bowen absolutely. I was just thinking Preston yeah. Campbell yeah. Uh, Justin Bowen. Hodges this Justin is because Hodges. of Preston Campbell this game yeah, he was, he, yeah. This, this concept came about uh, I think Preston Campbell was the one that put it forward and what we've got to understand too is I, I don't know we're kind of showing our age a little bit here guys and it doesn't seem like uh, that's the case but when we're really thinking crunch the numbers. The players that are playing in the competition now, who are between the age of twenty and thirty, they they would have like they're, they're, these players would have been in, would be inspiring them. Players like Thurston and Inglis, um, Matt Bowen, Preston Campbell, the current day players were watching them as a kid. They were their heroes, and, and like, that's the generation we're seeing now. Even, They've paved the way for this to be continue to be a part of the game. Even regardless of what you think, like you know, Andrew Fafida, he's he's his role in their premiership winning game when he scored that try, you know, like it's 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 these clutch moments that you sort of you and, and you know, like I know South Sydney didn't win last year, but but um, Cody Walker and and the role he's played, you know, he was. He was told he was lucky to break in the first grade. He's now one of the premier five eights of the rugby league. You know, it's. I think. I think this shows that 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 it gives kudos to a culture that you know that that has given a lot to rugby league. You know, right from, yeah, you know, it seems to be whenever you sort of talk history, you know, and not only rugby league but sport. You think back to the the first Australian cricket team to tour. Um, it was the Indigenous side. So, you know, it's it's a good thing, you know, <laughs> to watch them play football. And the New Zealand culture, well, you know, likewise, um, plenty, plenty of people. Um, sorry, guys, if you hear that beat, that's my 15 minutes. I'm negative, by the way. Um, oh, great. That's good to know. Congratulations. Thank you. We're, we're Thank doing you. this over Zoom Thank and you, I was yeah. worried I'd get a computer virus. You know, everyone, every, you know, are you positive? No, not really. Yeah. So, you know, like when we look at it, we, we're trying to, 
you know, when you when you look at it, I think the premier thing in our game is state of origin. I really do. No, other than the premiership. I think New South Wales versus Queensland really does have the pinnacle moments. When we start acknowledging these cultures playing rugby league and being able to show that these are representative games, it's highly important. I went to Tonga versus Samoa um, a few years ago at um, Panthers at Penrith Stadium. Atmosphere... That's one of the best games I've been to because I think for everyone that takes the field, it matters. And I, I, really, I really think that's, that's something that the NRL could bottle. That, you know, that there's a lot of games that, that where players take the field, for them it matters. And I might, be, look, I might be rehashing stuff you've already said. My apologies to everyone if I am. But I think that's what harnesses Rugby league. Griffo goes goes watch um, Panthers. Graham and I go watch South Sydney. Others go watch the Titans, Broncos, whoever. Because at the end of the day, we love our team to the point where the result and our emotional involvement in the team matters. It's the same when you come to their culture, when you come to this kind of thing. Well, I go for the Blues because New South Wales matters. Players who play for the Blues, it matters to them. And I think for this kind of representative football, for these people of these cultures, it really matters. And I love the fact we've got it. I, you know what? Our sport is richer having it than not. Yeah, no, I t- totally agree. Totally agree. And looking into this game as well, um, it also provides a lot of opportunities. This is uh, one of those games where, whilst it is a representative game, each year we are presented with the opportunity to see some players play representative football, in some cases um, without playing NRL. And uh, usually in our previews of, um, of these games, we, we talk about uh, Mitchell playing for the uh, Indigenous All-Stars. But this year it's not Latrell Mitchell. We've actually got his brother, um, Shakai. Mitchell playing. Um, I don't know if you guys saw much about uh, his story, but uh, he seems like a young man who's done a lot of work to lose a lot he's of the weight. The biggest loser, isn't he? he? He's lost a lot of weight. I think at, at his max, he was at uh, 167 kilos. Uh, I saw a bit of footage of him training with the Indigenous All-Stars uh, down to 120, and I'll tell you what, he looks like a, um, a fit 120. He's a, he's a big lad, uh, Shaq Mitchell. Yeah. Is um is training with the rabbit holes or is he yeah. not in the top thirty? He's um got a contract. He he has got a contract, um, and he will be from what we're hearing playing in the trials and given an opportunity okay. to be part of the squad. Um I think it's a minimum wage uh train on contract, but um look from from everything we're hearing, he could very well feature for the Rabbitohs this year. Well, credit to the young man for you know dropping like what nearly 50 kilo um because he was obviously unhealthy um that sort of weight that he was carrying around but you know i assume he's only still in his 20s um credit to him for 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 the efforts he's made to to just 
make himself healthy and uh, you know wish him well obviously um you know his younger brother is is one of the most talented players in the NRL um and uh, yeah wish him well if he gets a start on uh, on Saturday night yeah he's uh, he's named on the um on the bench I'd imagine he get a run at some stage he did come into the side because um I think Jack Bird was a player to withdraw and another player who um, I know a lot of fans have um, made comments and said, oh, I can't see him on the list. And uh, I think he has um, has withdrawn from the side as well. Uh, and I'm not actually sure why. And as a South fan, it makes me nervous is Alex Johnston. He won't be taking part in the in the game. So um, uh, They just don't want to waste him. So they're basically, yeah, no. Uh, from what I understand, um, no, 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 no biggie. It's just... It's just a trial, so why? Yeah. Um, you know, it's just from what I understand and from what I've heard is that this trial this weekend is about getting um those little positions right, um, getting the bench set. I'm talking about color. the All Stars game. I'll go All Stars. Sorry. Yeah. No, the same thing. He's withdrawn himself for that reason. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, yeah, I was talking about the All Stars there. I was just a bit worried. I thought oh, I don't. I'm, I'm hoping I don't see an article coming out tomorrow, and he's out for six weeks or something. So, no, you know, from and, what and, we understand, he's got a niggle. Okay, and he just doesn't want to. Yeah. Not Cindy, is it? It's not Cindy. <laughs> no, it's not Cindy. From it's not Anne Frank. Frank. Or what was no. sister? What's his sister? Liz, Liz Frank. Liz was yeah. the yeah. But and, um, the the Latrell the Latrell's shack, um, good story because um. He basically, from from what I heard, he he basically um, drew a line in the sand and he said, "Look, you know, there was a day where I was likened to Latrell, and and you know, everyone thought, and and the Roosters had him earmarked as a as a as a very probable <laughs> starting player and everything, and then you know, he went a bit wayward." As as people do, as as teenagers and everything does, and and he's looking to get everything back on track. And I, you know, I applaud that. Like I agree with you, Griff. You know, anyone that says, you know what, I'm going to put my hand up and give it a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's you, got skills. So you know, no, you just got to you got to congratulate the guy on. Yeah, you know, on you know, obviously to to get to that sort of weight, you've got to be not looking after yourself. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's just bad for your long term health, let alone yeah. You know, um, so congratulations to him. Yeah. Biggest if, loser. He's only, con- only twenty five. Yeah. yeah, even if you don't he get a contract, at least he's he healthy. Go. He healthy. Go. Yeah, and that's yeah. the most important thing. Adro was always my favourite. Adro was still my favourite from season one. <laughs> season one, Adro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Season he liked one, his Adro. bling. He liked his bling. He, he liked a bit fun. of bling, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Adro. Actually yeah. went to on a liter, on a liter, and a was it Mars bars hidden away? Yeah, 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 yeah. What, was, what was that liter? Yeah, that's right. I remember when she did the bungee jumping. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> she, she went deeper than most. I actually went to uni with the bloke. Remember the Sam that won it? Yes, I remember. Yes, Sam yes. the fireman. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, hopefully, um, he listens now. If you're listening out there, um, yeah, I think he Good won this series too. Yeah, he did. He won. Yeah. Yeah. Good show. I liked it. Oh, it was a, I worked with a guy um, 
back in my Wonderland days, uh, Marty. He didn't win, but when, when he was on the show, I, thought, I I know that guy. I know that yeah, guy. Yeah, it's coming. Um, you got a lift. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and Michelle Bridges and the commando. The commando. <laughs> commando. With the, say, yeah, coming in with the, uh, with the with the old style bin, the, the metal bin, and bang bang in. Uh, of course, yeah. softened his ways towards the end. The commando, it was he, of, he did, but you know, I think maybe. it was sort of a Justin Langer type early on. But you know, the, he must have upset people. So, um, maybe. but yeah, maybe, maybe the Tigers that. should get the commando on board. They, they maybe they need the commando. Yeah, yeah, well, and well, Shannon Ponton. They could be the Ponton, that's it. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're talking Commando and then Justin Langer, at least Justin Langer won something. True. Well, Commando might have won a war. We don't we don't know too much, but but he won Tiger. The Tigers at the moment. We talked about the Tigers earlier. Oh, be real. We're not very confident. We don't Um, think I I think they'll go better than the Dragons. Dragons just We haven't got to the dragons yet, but mm. I think mm. next week the dragons will feature. I actually think they will. the dragons' first grade and reserve grade teams are going to be just as good as each other. They should just play each other Maybe each week to see who round. plays. Maybe that's watch the out, game. Watch out for the, uh, for the dragons in the uh, yeah. New South Wales Cup. They well, should well, play every Wednesday to figure out which team plays on no, the weekend. I've got it. At school, we have this thing. So for you, Carl. If you win before the end of lunch, you play one more round. It's called the Consolation Cup. Maybe the Dragons Premierships, or you know, Dragons First Grade can play the Reserve Grade, and they can play for the Consolation Cup hmm. every week. It's a bit like when Australia, the cricket team, played Australia A. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Remember yes. that in Australia? I, I still reckon. They were told to lose Australia, right? Because they were killing it at one stage. Yep. Yep. The, the Greg Blewett just seemed to be a mainstay in that Australia Ray team, didn't he? That they seemed a... to get the support, though, <laughs> Australia Ray. Yeah. Everyone, everyone loves an underdog. Because yeah. everyone knew that Packer had rigged it. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, World, World Series, series cricket. cricket. Look, um, just going back to this game on Saturday night, guys, I think for us, I mean, I don't. I don't think it's that important to, to to necessarily give a tip, so on and so forth. I think the actual game itself is uh, is more important than breaking it down into who's going to win and who's going to lose. I think it's just a great celebration of rugby league. Yeah. Interestingly, mm. first time in Sydney they're going to play this game. Combat mm. mm. That's um, uh, that's Parramatta, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I'm trying well, to keep up with the names. Bank West. Because indigenous by 12. Indigenous by 12. Indigenous by 12. You look at the teams on paper, you yeah. think indigenous. I'll go by 12. I actually won't see the game. Um, I've, I'll be at a my, my niece is getting married. Oh, congratulations. Saturday, so I'll, I'll not see yes, the game. Um, I might try and, uh, you know, catch a, a replay or something. I'm um, the same. I'm, I'm volunteering. An organization that night, so yeah. Oh, well, so unfortunately, guys, it looks as though I'm gonna to have to have a few beers and watch the game for us. Okay, I'm working, I'll, I'll watch the game, I'll uh, right. I'll have a drink and watch the game. And my prediction is that um, 
Captain Josh Adokar will get a hat trick. There's my prediction. Um, so fair prediction. As we said, Combank Stadium. That's one of the stadiums we're going to get used to, guys. Because if you see Combank Stadium, it is uh, Parramatta. The other yeah, one it used to be Bank West. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go, guys. Different um, bank. A core stadium. That's the other new one that mm, we've got to get used yeah. to. That's the um, that's the former ANZ Stadium is now oh, a core oh. stadium. So normally. <laughs> So I believe that um, look, if you a core there, that they they not on call, nah, it's the hotels. Yeah, it's not like yeah. you know the middle of the apple type thing. No, not a not no, a core, a core, yeah, a core stadium. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's going to take some getting used to. Like, I think so. Know, we always saw it. Well, not always, but originally it was Telstra Stadium. You know, after yeah. it was Stadium mm. Australia for the Olympics, yeah. and then for Telstra for quite a while and then ANZ Stadium and it's been ANZ for a long time but mm. now they're a core a core uh, that's, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's going to it's stick. ANZ but it's, you know yeah. Yeah, we're going to Homebush uh, that's easier for me to say sometimes yeah, home, yeah. the Olympic it's Stadium the Olympic Stadium that's what they call it on the ABC yeah and I think sometimes that's a bit easier but um Look, these companies, they pay a lot of money and, and, and exactly. really, we're, we're going to say, well, look, we're talking about them. So it's already working. Free advertising for them. Well, it's not free. They're paying the stadium, but, you know, they're not directly paying Carpool Rugby League and look at no. all of the uh, the uh, airway that we're, well, we're, we're dedicating a lot of the airways here to them. So hopefully if we ever need to stay somewhere that uh, just, the core mob uh, remember. Just on us. the subject of stadiums, um, mm. The Rabbitohs, they're going to be playing out of the, the new stadium that was the, the SFS. Is that right, once once it's open? I, I don't know if they've signed any deals. Um, I'd imagine that uh, from just off the top of my head, um, I know that that might be a thing down the track. I know that when they... Um, continued their deal with what was then called ANZ Stadium. They signed on, I'm pretty sure, for 2021 and 2022. So it would be next year that the new stadium opens up there, which would be the former Sydney Football Stadium. And I know that there was actually, um, as a member, uh, they put out a survey and actually asked their fans about, you know where would be convenient for, for them, where they'd like to watch the football, so on and so forth. And it was actually based on membership feedback that um, that they stuck with ANZ Stadium for... Oh, is that uh, right? For They're 2021. Stuck, sticking with ANZ? Well, just for 2021 and 2022. Oh, okay. Okay, but so that it, was announced... Like, I'm talking about when they asked uh, the fans back in, I think it was the end of the 2020 season. Okay. But Shane, are you hearing anything about South? I mean, my gut feel is that we might see the move back to the Sydney Football Stadium when we see the new, um, the new stadium open up. But I, I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion that people assume based on geographics because I think a lot of the fan base um, lives in other parts of Sydney and a lot of the fan base might actually find um, ANZ the place they want to watch the football at. Um. Talking about bunnies, my understanding is, from what I've heard, there's two things they're going to they're, they're going to take into account. Um, first and foremost is the demographic of where the fans are. Secondly, 
um, if the SFS can match or better um, the ACOR Stadium, um, what they're offering South Sydney at the moment. One of the things South Sydney um, did go into negotiation with just recently with Stadium Australia, whatever you want to call it, ACOR, whatever, um, was better benefits for its members. So, remember, so you know, the bar, food, discounting and apparently um this that that means a lot um what we understand is is that esfs really has very limited uh capacity for that the new the new um the new sfs says they can cater something um so it's going to be really to see what they can offer the members and i I like that from a club that says you know our members matter it's what our members want. So um, my understanding is that demographic and member need that's going to dictate where they lie. And um, yeah, I'll take from there. Um, One move we can guarantee is their their home and training facility. They're moving away from Redfern next year, 2023. They'll be going to um, uh, the Heffron Centre, which is currently being built. uh, It's in in Maroubra, from what I can understand. So... um, yeah, it's over a, with the bra boys. It's a yeah, that's yep. right. So it'll be well, handy. Half of them played there. It'll be handy for Johnny Sutton to go for a surf. Yep. Uh, after uh, training, but um, good, yeah. good center too. Like I remember looking at the um, as good a member being for the seen, community as well. Seeing the facility and the, it's 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 state of the art, second yeah. to none. So yep. okay, yep. So it's a so yeah, gonna leave Redfern. Yeah, upgrading from um. Yeah, well, they've been at their current training facility as it is now since uh, 2009. They moved over there from Erskineville when uh, Russell Crowe injected all that money into it. And um, yeah, but so... not the not the juniors. I think I think the um, first grade uh, top 25 new performance center, but I think the lower um, lower grades still using Redford. From what I read, I could be wrong. Yet another watch this space. All right. Plenty to look forward to this week, guys. We've got the All-Stars. Um, we've got another four teams to talk about next week. It's it's pretty exciting. We're, we're going to be on every week, uh, recording every Wednesday night for you guys and releasing late Wednesday um, every week now until the end of the season. So uh, exciting times ahead and plenty to look forward to. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys next week oh. and uh, having the listeners tune in. Look, it, it, I, I, I'm humped. I, I'm counting down the minutes till we get to see rugby league again. We got a little taste of this week. We've got some trials coming up. Look, go and go and go and have a look at these trial matches. Nine out of ten times, you're going to be watching the guys that in five years' time are going to be part of the first grade squad. Have a watch. Look at they develop. Get uh, um. You know, with the trials coming up, watch them on TV. Like, there's so much good young talent about. And, you, you know, like, really, it's uh, – this weekend is going to be such an interesting game. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Yep. Fingers crossed there's no injuries. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's probably always the thing. We don't want any injuries. No. I know the Panthers have only got one guy there with James Fisharis. I'm um, not sure how many your boys have got. 
Um, well, well, we got the we got big uh, Shaq Mitchell, and look, that could actually be it now that um off the top of my head yeah. now that um you know Latrell's not eligible to play. I mean that's another podcast in itself, but um Cody's out. Cody Walker's not playing. Yeah, there's effectively a... none of that. None of that. Uh, Johnson yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So really, um, yeah. So. So for some of these clubs, but it's great, great opportunity to see some other players come in. It's a great opportunity too. Also, as I said before, please make sure that um, if you get a chance, it, I'm pretty sure the um, the women's game is also being televised. Is that correct, yep. guys? Are we yes aware of that? So um, keep in mind, I'm actually think I actually from memory, I think Channel Nine might be showing that one as well. I'm not sure if it's on the um, on the main channel or whether it's one of their other channels. Uh, but you will be able to find it. That's always a great game. We also love uh, supporting the Women's Rugby League. And also keep in mind, guys, that uh, in a couple of weeks' time, we've got the NRLW uh, set to kick off. Um, so um, probably not next week, but the week after, we'll start previewing that as well. So there's plenty of rugby league to come up, plenty to look Thank forward you. to. And um, look, we're just excited to be back. Very excited. Very excited. Thanks for joining us, guys. Tell your friends. Very cool. And uh, enjoy the All-Stars. Hopefully we see some pretty uh, flash footy. They throw it around a bit. Absolutely. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Catch you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, listeners. Welcome back. See you later, people. Whose heart was